The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Sometimes you just need a little spiritual guidance to help get your life back together. It can be compared to mosaic art. Many little pieces that come together to form something beautiful. Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Your host is Mosaic Shaman, Christy Ellen. Christy and her guests are here to ensure that your life is just as you deserve it to be. Happy. Now, here's your host, Christy Ellen. Welcome to the Mosaic Gardens. This is Christy Ellen, the Mosaic Shaman. It is winter time in the gardens right now, and I got to tell you, it looks really beautiful to have that white snow caps on the top of the red rock cliffs. It's like icing on spice cake, and since we're getting close to Christmas, it kind of makes me think about that as well. We're going to be talking about the inspiration and being inspired by art today. Uh, my guest is going to be a local artist that will come on a little later, and we'll talk with him, and um, we're also going to be talking the power about the power of our thoughts. The law of attraction is something that a lot of people in the spiritual world are aware of right now, since the movie The Secret came out. I'm actually leaving in, in two days to fly out to meet with Jack Canfield, and he's going to interview me, and I'm pretty excited about that. He was one of the major people in the law of attraction and uh, teachers of that in The Secret. Um, they called the other day to, to ask me about what I would wear, telling me not to wear some beige or light-colored clothing, and if I was nervous, and I wasn't until they asked, um, I'm a shaman, I'm very colorful, and when he said to go ahead and wear my business, black business suit, I kind of laughed, because that's not what I wear, and that actually brought up this whole idea of what you think about and who you think you are, and how important it is to kind of be yourself. And in your presentation to the world. So that's why we're going to talk about the law of attraction today and what it means to focus on your thoughts. Because that which you put your focus on becomes real in your life. They say where your attention goes, energy flows. So it is where your attention is that creates the outcome of your life. And it's so important. I just went over to sit in some hot springs and I, I was driving through Colorado and I'm driving through a place where I got a ticket last year. Um, didn't see the, the speed changing and I got caught in that speed trap and it was a $225. And so as I was thinking about how badly I didn't want to get a ticket and I started driving slow and I started being careful, the stop signs and the speed limit and everything. Just before I came into the little town I was going to, three miles before, a policeman pulled me over. And he said I was swerving all over the road, and he gave me a ticket for that. And I believe it was because I was so worried about getting the ticket that I brought it in, and he even gave me a ticket about something like swerving on the road because he couldn't find anything else to, to charge me with. So I totally believe this. Where your attention goes, you bring in what you most fear. So it's important to watch that and look at that. And we've been talking about that, about the subconscious and going in and seeing what things we do on automatic pilot. 
So have you ever had one of those days where you, you get out of bed and you need to be to a meeting on time? And for some reason, your alarm didn't quite go off because you were so worried about being late for the meeting. And then you trip over the shoes as you're trying to get into the closet to get your clothes. And you want that shirt, the one you want to wear, the one that's going to make you look really good in the presentation. And you can't find it. But you knew it was there last time you looked for it, and now it's gone. So you have to find something new to wear, which takes your time. And as you're thinking about how upset you are, you having to wear the shirt you didn't want, you grab the coffee to go, and it splashes all over your shirt. You have to go change again. So you get into the car and all you're still thinking about is how upset you are over that lost shirt. And you complain all the way to work and then you get to work and the report comes back wrong and and you get in an argument with someone and et cetera and et cetera. And it kind of goes on. It can spiral like that. That's one of those things that we're talking about to stop the spiral. Um, When you can stop the thoughts about Being angry over one thing not going your way and just kind of laugh it off and be okay about it. You can change the way you see your entire day by changing the way you have that story about what it was supposed to be like. And you can move through um, creating something different and the whole day will turn out different. I mean, I've got up and been a few minutes late and couldn't find something. I went, okay, it's all going to work out. And I got to the meeting and the meeting was postponed and it all worked out fine. Versus the time when I'm upset because I think I'm going to be doing something wrong and it's not going to turn out the way I want. And it doesn't. So that is the power of your thoughts. The universe hears what you're asking for and it gives you more of that. The universe hears what you ask for and it gives you more of that. If you say, I don't want this and I don't want to be late. I don't want to be, you're going to get more being late. If you say to the universe, I'm going to be on time. And you focus on time and being on time, you get more of that. Focus on what you want and not on what you don't want. This is extremely important. It will, what you tell yourself about your life is going to become real in it. You have that much ability to create. I mean, look at um, people out there that were told they couldn't do certain things and they didn't believe it. They chose not to believe it. They chose to think something different. Michael Jordan is a great example of that, being cut from his high school basketball team. And just not taking that to heart and not believing that he can't and going ahead and succeeding in in the area that he had the most passion in. Albert Einstein had the same kind of story, being told that he wasn't smart and he couldn't succeed at anything. And it ended up, you know, creating amazing things. So you got Mozart, the the same kind of story. You know, they didn't believe the story that they couldn't do. But someone told them they couldn't, and they came forward and, and created amazing things. One of my um, teachers, Martini, I really like him a lot. He is a leading in his field of, of creating inspirational lives and going out and teaching that. He lives on a yacht most of the time, and he has everything he wants in his life because he's created that. He, he was told that he would never amount to anything in school because he wasn't educated. And I had the kind of same story. My parents were called into to the teachers to the to a teachers conference when I was in first grade told them, and they told them that I the teacher told my parents that I needed to be put in a school for special learning and my parents didn't believe that and um, you know I I've, I've have a learning disability of dyslexic and I can write and I can be on the radio and I and I, I can read and I can do some amazing things because I didn't believe I couldn't and my parents told me that I could do anything that I wanted and that's kind of Demartini's story. And if you ever get a chance to read about it, it's pretty amazing what he did. 
and how he was able to overcome some things he was told he couldn't. One of the stories I just heard recently about that was was a Russian immigrant that grew up in the slums, and he believed he had no choice but go to work, and he dropped out of school. His teacher told him he was a dunce and that he would never amount to anything. And at 15, he dropped out of school, and he became um, a migrant worker, and he moved from one job to another. He was struggling to even feed himself. He lived on the street and um, could barely get by and survive until at the age of 30, he joined the British military, the army, where they gave him an IQ test that revealed that he was a genius. His IQ was 161, and he was told he was a gifted genius. And after hearing this, he decided that if he was a genius, he was going to act like one. It's important things here. First of all, he believed the story someone told him that he couldn't do something. Then someone else told him a story he could, and he chose to believe that one. And that he decided that if he was going to be a genius, he would start acting like one. He became a, ma- a manager of a woodworking factory, several of them, in fact. And he was highly respected in the timber um, um, industry. And he changed timber technology by inventing a machine that revolutionized the timber industry. He took the, ent- the entrance test to the Mensa and was elected chairman after a while of Mensa International because believing in himself, he turned that story around and became a genius. So was he a genius from the beginning? Yeah. Did he think he wasn't and he went on a path that took him somewhere else? Yes. And then when someone believed in him, he took that story on and became what he believed he was. This is an inspiring story to me because it tells me that we can become what we think we are. And that no matter what anyone else may have told you in the past, you can become what you think you are by putting your attention on changing that. I have been able to walk on glass. I've been able to put fire out with my bare feet because I was told that I could because started to believe that and through the power of positive thought I was able to do those things so I know that a lot of things are possible what you think about and tell yourself is exactly what you became and what you will become Esther Hicks she channels a a energy called Abraham she talks about this being the emotional scale and she takes this emotional scale and talks about how we can move up it The emotional scale is um, a a group of emotions that she's named like 22 to to 1, from 1 to 22, taking fear as the lowest one and moving into joy as the highest. And she talks about moving up this scale by being able to just move up one step. It's really hard to go from fear to joy. In fact, it's basically impossible to jump up there. But if you can take fear and move through insecurity and guilt, jealousy, hatred, rage and anger, moving up the scale, then you can continue to move up the scale. What happens on this scale is that somebody who's in depression and fear and will start to move up and they go up into these feelings of first there's this guilt and unworthiness and there's some jealousy and there's some rage and revenge and anger. These are emotions that are true in the body that you haven't been told most of us and most of you that you can feel so when a person starts to get into this place of being angry and remember I've talked about that those emotions have to come out of the body or they'll come out in elements in the body later on 
the problem is that you can't go out and spew your anger on everyone. You get to go out in the field. You can ride it. You can let it go and be in it for a while as long as you're not dumping it on people. I had a saying that I heard a while back I really liked. And when somebody calls me, I'll say, I'm in my pissosity right now. And that's a warning sign that maybe you don't want to call and talk to me because I'm working through emotions. Um, I remember going through my divorce. I was in a lot of anger. And my mom would call and I would tell her I was angry. And she'd say, oh, Christy, don't be angry. Well, if you don't feel anger and move through it, you're not going to get to joy. What happens is a lot of people is they go up into that level of anger and someone tells them not to feel that and they go back to depression and they go from anger to depression and anger to depression and they are never going to achieve the joy of moving out of that until they're able to move out of the anger one of the things that I really come to believe is you've got to move through your pain you've got to go through it because that's where healing is on the other side of that it's when you get stuck in that pain and aren't able to move through it that problems occur and it's also going back and forth between being feeling depressed and being angry. So allowing yourself to feel the anger, write it out, go out, vent it in private. Do not dump it on anyone else. Then you're able to move into discouragement, blame, and worry. You get into disappointment. Those are things that are important. And then you're starting to think, well, in those places you want to create something different. So in those lower emotions, we're looking at awareness. And then in this next step, we're looking at education, what we've talked about. When you get to start being disappointed, you're starting to think you want to do something different. That there's some changes you want to make. And then you start making those changes. You move up to frustration, boredom, contentment, hopefulness. Now you're getting in a place that you can change something. You can, you can start taking action because there's hopeful ideas coming from that. You get into optimism, positive, enthusiasm passion and then you get to joy joy working in the support it's important to move up that scale and it's important to do things that are going to help you move up that scale and so what are those things well we've been talking about them here on the radio we've been talking about for you to move out of your fear and get into joy you can create some movement by having action steps and those are things that you put together when you're feeling good When you're in your place of joy, I want you to sit down and write what you enjoy doing. Make a list and put it in that, you know, we were talking about the notebook that we write our emotions and feelings in. Put it in the front part of that notebook. That This is the list of things that make me happy when I want to move out of a place where I'm feeling caught up and and not quite where I want to be. That is, I start to dance. I go on a walk in nature. I write. I do the tapping. I put my feet on the earth. Just go outside. I sing. Essential oils will do it for me. 60 seconds is is insane happiness. It's just like for 60 seconds, jumping around and feeling like I'm happy and laughing will bring those emotions up and change. Writing 10 things that I'm grateful for. Having forgiveness and gratitude for everything around me helps me move into that place of having a higher vibration and a higher emotion. And part of that, big part of that is art for me. Art and being inspired by art and being inspired by other artists and looking at art and creating art helps me move into that place. At soulhealerspath.com slash coaching, remember to go to soulhealerspath.com slash coaching. I teach you how to bring yourself closer to joy. 
and to move up the scale to be in, living in an inspiring life of your dreams. I work through that through the four different coaching packages, Serpent, Jaguar, Hummingbird, and Eagle. And you go in there and you read and which way, about which one's going to work best for you and sign up for it. So join me. Join me and sign up for one of those programs, one of the monthly programs that I walk side by side with you and show you how to bring your emotions up, how to create the life that's going to inspire yourself and others. That's what I'm here for. I want inspiration to hit the world in a big way so that we're all being inspired to change and have happiness and joy in this world. So um, you can also do a shaman healing session or combine them both together. Go to soulhealerspath.com slash coaching and we will create an inspiring life together because it is so important to think about what you're thinking about. Think about, look at, see, write down, see where your thoughts are going because they're creating the life that you want right now. And if you're not where you want to be, it's because of the thoughts you're thinking. So let's go in. Let's rewrite our stories. Let's create a story that we like, a story that's going to be something that we can inspire others. Let's live an extraordinary life, not just an ordinary life. That's really important. And um, we're going to talk to um, Phil Wagner. He's a local artist here in Moab. He's a musician. And right now he's, he's done a lot of different kinds of art. Right now he's working with oil painting. He's an oil painting artist. He taught art at a mental institute for a while. He teaches through the passion of art. It's really fun to talk to Phil because he believes in life and love and passion that comes out and expressed in your art. We did an interview with him yesterday. He's going to be part of the Healing Through the Art Tour that I was telling you about going out and and interviewing people about healing and how art is helping in that healing process. I'm asking you, too, to go in to um, healingart.com, healingart.kp at gmail.com, healingart.kp at gmail.com you can find that at the website you can find it on the page here you can find it lots of places why I'm asking you to go in there is to leave me a note and tell me how art has inspired you how art has healed for you and I want to go and interview you and everyone else who's being inspired by art you know somebody who would be great for an interview put him in contact with me so that we can go and interview them about how art is helping in healing this world and that we can move into an inspiring life together. So we are doing the Healing Through Art Tour. You're going to see more about that. You can go to, um, there's so many things I'm telling you, but you can go to the Mosaic Healing Gardens, the Mosaic Healing Gardens, and see the YouTubes that we have out there. And we're going to have this tour on there. And we'll be coming to your place to interview people, to talk to you about inspiring art, to bring the book forward that's coming out with Jack, which is the four elements of creating an inspiring life, awareness, education, action, and support. And we talk about that every week. If you miss one of our episodes here, go back and re-listen. Play every 12 hours. It's also in the archives. And so now we're going to take a break, and from that break, we're going to come back and talk to Will Wa- uh, Phil Wagner, my friend Phil Wagner. He's an inspiring, energetic artist who is going to share a lot with us about healing through the art and insp- inspiring gifts of art. Thank you. Stay tuned and come back to the Mosaic Garden in just a few minutes. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. 
Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to live an inspired life. Join Christy Allen, the Mosaic Shaman, as she enhances the quality of your life. Healing with art is Christy's focus. At SoulHealerPath.com, if you follow the steps and use the skill that Christy Ellen teaches in Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching, doing your part and taking 100% of the responsibility for your life, changing your life story, then in one year's time, you could be living the inspired life of your dreams. Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching offers four life coaching packages, starting with the Serpent Path, which is all about awareness and letting go of what you do not want to have and embracing what you do. Go to Soul Healer's Path and sign up for a one-month session of Clearing the Light Body. So come and walk the medicine wheel with Christy Ellen. Visit soulhealerpath.com or call 435-260-9598 for a special newcomer's one-month coaching package for just $300. Christy Ellen is an intuitive healer and master creator. Let her guide you to living the life to which you were born to live and go from ordinary to extraordinary. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. This is Welcome to the Mosaic Garden with Christy Ellen. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you may send an email to healingart.kp at gmail.com. Now, back to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Welcome back to the Mosaic Garden with Christiane, the Mosaic Shaman. And my guest today is Phil Wagner. He actually lives here locally Hi, in Moab. Christy. Hi, Hi. How are you? Welcome, Phil. Welcome to the gardens. Um, we both share this beautiful community of Moab that inspires our art. So it's yeah, going to be fun to... I do Talk love about it. that. <laughs> yes. You love it? You love living in Moab? I do. It's a wonderful little place. And I think that people that come here have chosen to come here. So that's a little different than, uh, you know, being, I don't know, born and raised somewhere you don't want to be. So, yeah, there's a kind of a select group here. Uh, it's And it's growing all the time. Anyway, I've certainly enjoyed uh, my life here. I've been here about 13, 14 years. And... Now, you know, there's a burgeoning artist community here. Uh, actually, we're surrounded by beauty, so kind of a natural. And uh, yeah, lots I mean, of natural beauty, inspiration. Beauty again is a kind of a safe place, just like art is a safe place that wherein you can just expand and not be, you know, feeling traumatized or threatened and so forth. So I think that's why artists just gravitate to beauty. And, well, you have an Moab, eye for beauty. So. You actually have an eye for beauty. And we, we, we did it a little interview yesterday. You were sharing all your passions for, for love and life and all that, that it gets expressed in art. So um, that's yeah, going to be really fun. Yeah, art has always been good for me. Uh, like, I mean, okay, like I've been through traumas. Everybody goes through traumas. And, and we survive more you don't. But uh, if you take... You know, if you dig in, take action, most of us will survive. I mean, I was, I was dealing with the Vietnam War, and I lost, like, 12 friends, mostly to suicide. I mean, they were traumatized. They couldn't come out of it. And so they just took themselves off the planet. 
you know, end the pain uh, with a board or poison or whatever. What what and, helped you most to get through the pain? Uh, well, uh, of course, it was love, basically. But, okay, translate that. It was like the corporality of a woman that I totally fell in love with. And I think, like, the sensuality, you know, art is a sensual experience, sensual, as well as essential. Maybe there's a connection there. But, like, mm-hmm. you lose your sensuality or your, um, kind of the materiality of your body, let's say, that enjoyment, then you, you also lose yourself. And when that happens, you're in deep trouble. <laughs> but, uh, Guys that came back from Vietnam, you know, they had post-traumatic stress disorder. Basically, they were, you know, walking zombies, you know, they're walking dead men. And And you think uh, that was due to actually the trauma they saw and and losing love or the belief in love anymore? Well, well, they couldn't trust their own emotion, I think. But their own Mm -hmm. emotions could get them killed, basically, in, in a combat situation. Can't panic. Yeah. Can't feel anything except. Well, you can sit on fear and like act out of, um, you know, act according to you know a semi-panic situation, which is not a reflective situation. Or like art requires reflection, and even sense of self requires uh, um, that ability to reflect. But when you're in panic, you do not reflect. You just act. Or okay. react, let's say. Well, we're going Sorry, through that now, too, because we're going through that with the people coming from from the war now. I know um, over at the VA hospital in Grand Junction, they're working with art and the patients that oh, are yeah. recovering sure. from PTSD, and it's I, helping I a lot. Whether it's a, ca- I worked cake in a foreign war, too, yeah. and gave, uh, you know, we did illustrated journal, diary, and, you know, just talk circle, basically, uh, with veterans there, too. Of course, like, as, you know, I, I mean, I'm teaching uh, whatever psychological skills, but at the same time, I'm dealing with my own trauma, too. I want to point out that there's another kind of trauma besides just, like, you know, catastrophic or shock trauma, say. There's another kind of trauma that's, like, developmental trauma, which is, like, when we're being raised, we don't really learn the skills of, uh, you know, let's say, let's say, the art of evolution or the art of development. I mean, if you if you start expressing yourself, at least in my family, you were shut down pretty quick. You know, it's like, we don't care what you think or feel. doesn't matter. You're going to do this now. That kind of energy. So, you know, it's like, sit down, shut up, and, and eat your food, whatever's on your plate. Yeah, okay. there's several different kinds of trauma out there that, that can be healed through through the art. And and you actually spent some time helping and teaching at, um, I don't know if it's politically correct, and I apologize if it's not, but a mental institute at one time, right? I did, yeah, for 12 years. Then and I how did you see that change, people uh, yeah. that were dealing with, with that? How, how did the art help in that area? Well, art creates a safe place for you to, to emerge, you, I'm meaning the personal you, not like the social persona you, you know, the personal you, which includes, you know, 
your what you're feeling, like you're saying, you have to express your feelings and go through it. You're, uh, all the stuff that gets repressed, you know, your feeling, your passion, your intuition, your body sensuality, which is all branded as sin and, and you know, work of the devil on women, especially get a big dose of handmaiden of the devil stuff. And it also represses your dreams, your inspiration, your inventiveness, um, all those things that actually constitute you, the person, you, the self. That stuff gets repressed. And um, so art creates a safe place for all that to come out. And so if you make a successful piece of art, uh, it re... I. You know, it sort of recalibrates, reconnects you to those things, those elements, those energies that actually are yourself. I mean, I'm not talking social persona. I'm talking self. You're talking so, about the deep spiritual kind of self, the the spiritual. Well, self? you could say, I don't know, spiritual. Spiritual is kind of mental to me. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, I think, you know, like the body is spiritual, so. What do you want to say is spiritual? What's not spiritual? I think a rock is spiritual. So <laughs> I like that. Let's just say the inner self, you know, it's who you really are, not who you pretend to be. So are you saying and, that art helps in healing that, that deep, whatever, that self, well, which I call spiritual uh, self? Well, well, it does. It makes you aware of it. Uh, it makes you aware of yourself. And if you want to call that healing, yeah. And then... There's one other energy, too, about, like, healing, is that sometimes I think you have to honor your own wound. Um, You know, like you call that, like, the sacred wound, uh, that you can never completely 100% heal it. It's always going to stay semi-open. It's always going to be sensitive. And so if you can do that, if you can honor the sacred woundedness, then use that as kind of an energy source kind of like a heat source or a volcano source, but you just learn that you have to learn to challenge it or, or channel it, channel that energy into something creative. Because it's like a volcano or an atomic, atomic reaction. It can destroy you and everything around it, or you can make it into something positive. Oh, nice. But channeling it's up, it's channeling that that's, energy that's into something positive. That would help the planet. Educate and develop your capacity. Uh, You know, you have to study art. It's not just like you sit down with a piece of paper and a pencil. Yeah, you do. But once you get going, you've got to, like, dig in. You've got to learn the history of art and what's contemporary art. You know, what the previous artists, way back to the cavemen, had challenged themselves to do. And understand that. The history of art. That's well, all that bring, part of that part. brings up a question: Is what is art? What is art? What is? <laughs> <laughs> now you've asked a sixty-four thousand dollars question. That's like that right. <laughs> endlessly discuss what is art. Well, what is art to me? I guess you have to ask that. Yeah. What, what is, is so? What is art to Phil? Well, art is who I am. I mean, it's art is who we all are in, as individuals. Real art, I'm saying. Um, it's something, okay, okay, art is something that's never um, a cameo of beauty. It's something that's alive. It moves. Art is something that's not static. Art is dynamic. Even though you have a painting on the wall, 
it looks like the eyes are following you around and, and I don't know, you know, smiling or something. You know, the, a good piece of art is not something that stayed, not static, it's dynamic. And that's who we are. We're dynamic. We're not a, we're not, you know, like CEO of, of, uh, global Dodge Detroit. You know, we're, we're something else much more fluid and much more dynamic than that. Hmm. As is a good piece of art. So. Is there just one, one form of art? Is there just one thing that's defined as art? One kind? Say that again? Is there just one form of art? No, I'm, of course not. Okay. Um, so what's the different forms I mean, that you would you would say would kind of go under the category of art for expression for my listeners, somebody who can't paint? Um, is there other ways they can express themselves through art? Well, of course. There's the art of comedy. There's, uh, there's other, like, I mean, you can go, you know, the art of love. You can go... The art of cooking, the art of gardening, the art of architecture. Um, there's many different forms of art. Um, I don't know. I just kind of always connect to uh, painting just because it's so fluid and it's so fast. Where, let's say, you can take one brush stroke and change the entire painting uh, like that. Nice. You know, where you have that kind of potential. And maybe you have that kind of potential, too, in, a, in when you're cooking a steak. You know, you put the, you know, one grain of salt on it and changes the whole composition of the food. You know, I'm not a cook, so I don't know, but uh, there are those kind of subtleties where um, you get these grand multipliers. Uh, and also, let's say in, like, poetry, also I thought poetry for years also. But it's the same thing there. Like, you change, just rearrange the word, two words, and it means something entirely different. Changes the complexion of the entire poem, which could be four pages long. That kind of, where everything is, like, interlaced, every one thing depending on the other thing, every one thing augmenting and describing what's around it. Um, Anyway, I just love that kind of energy. Contextual definition if you want uh, well, that, that flows over I mean, to life so, right because in life if you change just the way you look at one thing it would change the whole picture as well and the whole direction of your thoughts that's true that's true and yeah, I think art does teach you that there are many different ways to look at the same thing and it can be uh you know, it's like a violin player playing one note. He can play it all day long and never hit the same note twice. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's A440, let's say, but the intonation is different, the attack's different, the coloration is different. So I think good art is, it works at that level of subtlety where, let's say, no, no two places on the painting are, are the same ever. And, but if you change one thing, it changes the balances of all the rest. It's kind of like, imagine like a, like a spider web or something, where if you mm-hmm. touch the spider web in one place, the entire web vibrates. That's like good art. It's that, it's, it's high strength and 
you know, it's kind of high strength and fragile at the same time. It's sort of like that. <laughs> sounds like so your guess, sounds like your journey is taking you through several different forms of art in your life. Well, I think all all really good art is very connected because you go to that that inner zone, that inner place where I don't know. It's sort of like Michael Jordan dunking a ball, having jumped from the free throw line. You know, it's like this is Mission Impossible, but you're doing it somehow. And, okay, I've written theater pieces. Um, you know, I did poetry, painting, watercolor, oil. I did acrylic. I didn't relate to acrylic. But, um, you know, I've written, uh, I started a novel. I've done a couple of books of found poems. Um, anyway, I, I think it's like a little zone you go to, like Michael Jordan again or some of these other incredible athletes, if you imagine, or think of yourself going into a dark room, you know, and you think you've been in there 20 minutes, you've actually been in there four hours, because you've been in the zone. You're so focused on what's immediately present that all the rest of the uh, peripheral, uh, whatever's going on in your day, disappears. Incidentally, most depression, most wounds, et cetera, et cetera, they all exist in a past time frame. So when you go into the dark room, let's say, or the zone, whether you're painting or writing a theater piece or acting a theater piece, okay. when you get into that zone, you're present. There's no past or future. You are, you know, Stanley Kowalski in Streetcar Named Desire. You know, you, you are that character or you don't think about anything else. That's that. You're totally present. And that yeah. somehow is a healing just to be present. Because most depression, most trauma, et cetera, all exist in a previous time frame. And so in, the, in the moment of art, you're you just in the moment that of art. focus point of yeah. presence, like you, you've moved away from the trauma. Trauma doesn't nice. exist. However, momentarily it is, it doesn't interfere with your life. Could be a form so of meditation because your brain's not uh, um, trying to solve the problems anymore. You're just enjoying what you're doing in your art. Is that is that what you're 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 sharing here? Well, that um, you know, you just for a second, you you said a couple of things I really like to to point out. One of the questions I'd have to ask you is, did you have to be perfect at it before you started? I mean, you you were a musician, no, a poet, and, no, and a writer, no. and an no, artist. Perfection, perfection has nothing to do with it. Nothing. Don't even try to be perfect. It's not even art. If you're perfect, you might as well join the military. Like <laughs> military music. You know, it's like in Sonoxymora. Perfection is the antithesis of art. So if someone was just getting started and they didn't really see themselves as an artist, but they wanted to and they've always wanted to be, what, what guidance would you give them? I would just say start. You know, that's all. It's always, you know, we're always, I don't know where I'm going when I start a piece. And oftentimes, like, afraid that it's not going to work. That, that's always true. And, uh, I mean, it was always, okay, like, I also I played music. I played in bands and stuff. And, and, like, I can remember before going on stage, I was always afraid that I wasn't going to be able to pull it off. 
Mm-hmm. And But once I got on stage, once I dropped into the zone, like it just happened. It just happens. And you just have to have the faith to be able to ride that uh, energy of, you know, whatever it is, whatever the piece of music is or the riff or the whatever solo you're going off on. You just have to have faith. So you asked me, like, what's the, uh, what should I say to a beginning artist, you know? Well, uh, you have to have faith, but you have to learn it, too. So you have to get out there and try it and fail, try and fail, try and fail. But you soon learn that failing is not a big deal. In fact, failing might be an opportunity. In art, it definitely is. Like, the imperfection is where the art exists. So... And being able to capitalize, or, or, that's the wrong word, but being able to, like, see the magic of an imperfection and highlight it, you know, that's kind of art. You know, when something acci- happens accidentally, something you didn't intend, which happens repeatedly in art, and then just being able to make something out of it. It's like making something out of nothing, basically. You're, you are a magician when you can do that. And you're an artist. That's what an artist does. Constantly, each stroke you put down, it's not, it turns out something you didn't intend. So is it a mistake? Is it an imperfection? No, it is what it is. You don't judge it. Perfection, imperfection is a judgment. You're not into that. I I learned this really nice diagram lately that, that in order to get to success, I have to actually go through failing. That's what's on the uh, other side of it, and it's and it just it is how I look at it. It's like if I don't, not willing uh, to go through the failing, and get to success, I'll be sitting here in this chair forever, never doing anything. Yeah, in fact, I still think that you know failure is where the rich exist. You know, it, it's. I mean, let's say you go like I got to have a million dollars and then I'm a success. Well, more than likely you never you'll never get there. But even if you do get there, get your million dollars, you'll find out it's not a success. You're still unhappy. Yes, because it wasn't about the million dollars. It's about the happiness. It wasn't it's about, about that accomplishment in yeah. the first place. Yeah, just go for the happiness and see what happens. I mean, if that's if, if people, when I ask people what they want and they say, well, I need to have this and this and this, I'm like, what is it you ultimately want? Happiness. Well, then go for the happiness. And and quit well, worrying about I, what you what you think is going to get you there because you're right we we see that here in this community where there's a, there's a lot of money that comes in and these vehicles that are going around and and yet these people that are doing that don't seem to be happy they they're just going after one more thing and one more thing right. and where the happiness is a feeling it's an emotion and it's something that comes from inside you you yeah. said something here about passion. Your passion for the art, and let's let's talk about. It. You said love inspires. Does love inspire your art? Does love well, inspire I'll your art? Well, I'll tell you what. If you didn't love it, you wouldn't do it because there's too yeah. much, too much sacrifice, too much, uh, too much disappointment. That if you didn't have love, you wouldn't continue it. So without, if you don't really love it, um, hmm, I think you'd quit. Okay. It's sort of like any marriage. If you don't really love the situation or the person, you quit, basically. So it's the same with art. I mean, you got to love it or you get a divorce. Because there's some sacrifice that goes into art? Is that what you're telling me? 
Uh, well, you have to sacrifice your ego because you're nice. opening yourself up to failure, which people really are reluctant to do. In fact, they're paranoid of being being branded a failure. And it's, you know, over and over in all these tests, they've shown that people would rather um, uh, sort of, let's see, how <laughs> you sort of rather lose than be made a fool of. In other words, the, yeah. you'd rather, you know, like being shamed, let's say being made a fool of, the same as being shamed. Our fear of shame is, you know, like, so huge that we were kind of immobilized, even though, I don't know, we could benefit immensely from taking the chance. We just don't want to take the chance. And it's from fear of being, fear of failure, fear of being shamed because you failed, or fear that you were duped by, um, I don't know, you bought the, you know, you bought the bill of goods or whatever. How did you get through that? How did you get through? Because I know we all have it. For me, um, the first few times on the radio, I was terrified before and after. But once the mic was in front of me, I'm fine. And now I'm getting better at being relaxed with it. So how do you deal with that um, fear that when it came up, did the emotions like, okay, what if I put this Oof. out there? And it, uh, like I silly. that I've done it so many times. Uh, and then, you know, like logically, I would not do it again. But that's where faith comes in. Faith is not logical. Um, so you go, well, here, I don't want to get back out there. I don't want to get back up on the stage. I don't want to, like, try to do this painting uh, because it's going to be a mess. It's going to make me look stupid. Uh, but then you, but you go, like, well, faith and... Love, love is also not logical. So, combination of those two, like you, whatever, go back out on the ice again, as they say. You, you, you just go for it again. But and then once you're, once you're in the game, you know, once you're Michael Jordan again, uh, it's not a problem. It's it's an automatic. It's just it it it, it comes with its own momentum. It's sort of it's kind of like having a baby. You know, the baby comes in with his own energy package, and you just catch it. You just catch it. It's like wind. You know, you just have your sail up, and away you go. So, but you do need that element of faith to get you out there on the court, or you go up on the stage, or give it another go, you know, after, you know, it's even through the process of painting or writing the book or whatever, there's plenty of times we used to want to throw it in the fire. And do, you ever, do you ever get bored with what you're doing? No. Okay. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the one thing I don't get. I think yeah. it's pretty darn exciting. And I feel very, very grateful and very, very fortunate that, you know, I've sort of landed this gold mine, if you want, of creating art. And one of my favorite painters is the this Spanish master, this guy named Soroya, Joaquin Soroya. Uh, he says, you know, unless a man's a painter, he's not really happy, which is sort of exaggerated. But I kind of feel that way myself because it is 
pretty darn exciting and very, very rewarding. And back to the risk of failure, risk of shame stuff, nine times out of ten, it works out. So any other thing in your life where you can get a nine out of ten, that kind of odds on a gamble, um, you would be an idiot not to, like, jump in and go for it. Exactly. So, That's good. Anyway, like... How- do you ever get out of your enough, comfort zone and do something ego, new, Phil? My ego doesn't want me to take chances, so I always have to go, <laughs> sit down for a second, I'm just going to like work on this thing for about five minutes, then five hours later, uh, I got a pain. Eyes. I, I, but your yeah. ego is always, like, so, is always there to tell you not to do it, uh-huh. and, and is afraid, and doesn't want to get hurt and and so forth. You so know, you just take it to the shame. canvas when your ego gets in the way. You just sit down with it and say, "Well, let's paint for five minutes." Yeah, you just you just go. <laughs> I'm just going to arrange my paint here a little bit. I'm not really going to paint anything. You just like trick your ego to like quiet down. You know, leave you alone for five minutes. But then once you get on the horse, away you go, and the ego is like you know, left in the grandstand or, you know, left behind somewhere. And anyway, maybe you always got to play a little game with yourself once in a while. I I think this all reflects back to taking this into life itself. Um, That's what I like about art so much. It, it, it spills over into, to lessons about life. Just, just to be able to quiet the ego and say, okay, I'm going to try something new and it's okay if it doesn't turn out perfect. And it, yeah. it might be okay if I look silly. I, I mean, I love oh. to dance. And I'll get up in front of people and dance just because that helps me a lot, be out of my comfort zone and be able to do other things because I can get up and do that and not care I what like people that. think. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So um, do I you think... do things out of your comfort zone to learn something new, um, to inspire oh, all more the creativity? Time. Yeah. All the time. You got it's, you got uh, any new projects coming up that you're um, going to be doing different? Well, I'll tell you, you know, like each painting, uh, I have an idea what I'm going to do, but also I know that uh, once I get into the painting, the painting creates its own uh, momentum, its own project, its own dictates, if you want. And um, so I would say each painting is, is its own learning experience and its own college, if you want, because it presents new challenges or new problems that I have to, I have to work out. And then I don't know if you're talking about other things, other genres, other genres of stuff. I mean, I did I had a poetry show for four years, and when I was in Paris, I did like ten documentaries, but that was actually film. That was all political stuff. Oh, that's still there. It's still there on the on the back burner somehow. And well, but I'm still trying to bring it to the forefront. Somehow integrate all that stuff. And I guess what it is. Why do I do all this? Why do I say get into the yeah, film and so forth? Why do you? I think it's compassion. I think good art is compassion because mm-hmm. it not only frees the painter from his ego or whatever his hangups are. Like somebody else, the viewer, like they go and they see Mona Lisa and they feel entirely different about themselves and about their life and 
about what they can accomplish and what it means to be a human being, not just a you know a zombie robot, you know, working for uh, the man, the bank, or whoever. Um, mm-hmm. Not to say there's anything wrong with that. We got to survive. So, but, but we all like, have our different passions, right? And some of us have to to express it in a in a different way. So before we we're kind of winding down here, um, time wise, I would like to talk a little bit about where people can find your art. And um, oh yeah, sure. Well, okay. I'm in uh, Gallery Moab, and so we have a website, Gallery Moab, and, or, uh, and it's uh, Gmail or or no, that's my email. Well, I give you an email too. Philip J. Wagner at Comcast.net. So Philip J. Wagner, all lowercase, one L, Comcast.net. And then you can look up Gallery Moab on the Internet, or you can look up Petra Gallery. That's another gallery, P-E-T-R-A, Petra Gallery. Look that up on the Internet. Just Google it. And let's see, what else? I don't know, and a few other things. So but, um, we both we both share a passion to bring more art into Moab, uh, more healing, uh, more spirituality into the community too. Do you want to say yeah, anything? Because we have one minute left about about coming to Moab and creating art. Because I know they also do um, some different art events here. Do you want to talk about that for a minute? Well, yeah. Like we do the uh, Planner Moab is uh, once a year, and it's always in the fall. You can just look that up, Plein Air Moab, P-L-E-I-N-A-I-R, Plein Air Moab. Or, you know, you can look at the Moab Art and Recreation Center, and they have, uh, they have a link for the uh, Plein Air Festival, the Outdoor Painting Festival. Then we have a studio tour once a year. That's usually in the fall, too, like September. And then we have uh, regular open yeah, that studio tour is like open studio. And we also have Art Walk. That's about, you know, once once a month. And I think they take a vacation for a couple of months during the slow period of the year. So there are those three items, four items there. We're, you know, we're trying to do like a little bit of a Moab art movement. And uh, there's some sculptors involved. And they're, and they're building a, um, they're getting grants for a, um, like an art walk, they're going to call it. It's actually going to be kind of like an open studio uh, sculpture garden. I mean, it's going to be like this walk along the river with sculptures mm-hmm. yeah. incorporated in it. And maybe even down the main street or one of the side streets, you know, have okay. a lot of outdoor art just permanently installed. Yeah, so just just a point because we're really we're at the end here, and I want to thank you so much, Phil, for being here and for sharing about inspiration through yeah, art well, and you, the love know. we both I have for this community that you we know live what I in. Like about your program um, is that so. I know you're part of the mix too. In other words, like yeah, you yeah. got a message, but your message is fluid or it's flexible. It's not like a dogma. It's like not. Uh, this is not the way to do something, but it's like this is a way to do something. It's a way to get started in your own life. Exactly. Okay, we got to close now. Thank you, Phil, and join me okay. next week for Welcome to Mosaic Garden. Until then, namaste. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Christy Ellen hopes that you will join her on another journey next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.